Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. Well, I appreciate you checking out the podcast. A friendly reminder when you're about to spend some of that hard-earned cash. I hope you remember these fine sponsors, like one of our title sponsors, Regina Sports Performance Center, 1464 Broadway Avenue, a new center of excellence for the training and rehabilitation of Saskatchewan's elite athletes, featuring indoor football and soccer fields, 50-yard variety, three-on-three basketball courts, can also use it for pickleball and cardio and weight training facilities all under one roof plus veteran therapist scott anderson's on site for your physical rehab needs our first quarter is brought to you by face first medical aesthetics above gabbles on dudney avenue in downtown regina hold off father time in a naturally looking way Grisinda's known for her caring no pressure approach and you can find her and face first on all social media platforms the U of S Huskies are in the Vanier Cup for the first time in 15 years after a thrilling late comeback against Montreal in the UTEC Bowl. I caught up with quarterback Mason Nias in the locker room right after the game. And as I talk to him right now, it is Mason Nias in the locker room celebrating the Huskies' big victory over Montreal. Yeah, I can't complain. It's a pretty good day. Um, yeah, this is a super gritty win. Just really really proud the way the guys battled back tonight and uh, got the W. It, it, it was one for the ages, for sure. Dude, that's a legendary drive. You could put up 300, 400 yards, four touchdowns, two picks, uh, whatever, man, in a game. You threw for just 138 yards and a touchdown, but when you needed to do it, you got it done. Talk about that ice water you got in your veins, man. Your cool hand Luke there. Yeah, obviously the offense is struggling early on in the game. It was a four to one game or whatever it was at halftime, and we were just battling. We knew we could just stick with it. It's gonna come. Uh, we were playing a team our program's never played before. Uh, just getting used to the different conference, a lot of different things. And then, yeah, that last drive, I knew our defense was gonna get the ball back. I was saying on the sidelines, guys, stick with it. We're gonna get the ball back. We're gonna go score. We're gonna win this football game. And, yeah, I just remember going to the huddle and telling the boys, hey, lock in. These are the type of drives you tell your kids about. So let's go get done and finish in the end zone. And, and that's what we did. I noticed you barking in the huddle. Was that part being energetic and part trying to get your guys to hear you? Because it was loud in there. Oh, I was screaming in the huddle every play. We we went on sound count. We thought we might get away with, like, uh, clapping or whatever at the line of scrimmage. But the boys, boys couldn't hear anything. So I was screaming the plays in the huddle. We were on full sound count the whole game. It was it was a really hostile crowd, and it was just a really fun atmosphere. Dude, Sam Baker had a drop uh, in the late stages of that game, and you guys uh, were fortunate that uh, Montreal was called on a penalty. But you went right back to him a couple of times, and then I saw your embrace after the game. You guys were, uh, you know, hugging hugging it out. What were you guys saying to each other there? <laughs> just, just, I love you, man. Like, uh, this team's just so close, especially me and Sam. We've been here for a long time together, and, you talk about these type of moments, playing in big games, trying to get to a national championship, all those sort of things. And just to finally have that come to come to fruition or whatnot is just an amazing feeling. He, he made such a big play there on that last drive. We, we, we got a look. We got a sting look. And we know they're gonna, they weren't going to spring it just based on the situation. So they, they showed a lot of cover three. Uh, cover three with a half rolling down on film. He checked out of it. Sam, Sam slipped him, got off the press really nice. And, and cut up the scene for a big game and a big play in that last drive. So, 
Yeah, it was just it was just an amazing feeling. How about your running back, Adam Mackert? Last year he got ripped off of the Heck Crichton Trophy, and I, I thought this was poetic. We have a guy that got ripped off from the Heck Crichton Trophy and the quarterback who got ripped off from the Canada West MVP, in my opinion, and at the end of the day, you guys, when the chips are down, lead your team to victory. But talk about number 20. What a game. He's a heck of a player, and honestly, it's hats off to him. It's hats off to our O-line. It's hats off to the coaching staff, basically. just We knew we knew what type of player Mackard was, and personally, I think he's better than he was in 2019, pardon me, even though his stats don't show it, just strictly with usage getting Chewy and Riker involved they're stud running backs too but hey we have Mackhart fully healthy in the playoffs now with our goal all season it's really paying off for us so yeah I just can't say enough good things about that guy he balled out he leads this team it's kind of nice you guys get to this will be a nice bonding moment for you guys you don't have to fly back you get to hang out and uh and play against, uh, you know, uh, Western in Quebec City. And I think it's really cool, man. You guys have earned this here. Have you talked about that? Like, Montreal got an extra week off. They're playing on their home turf, and you guys come in there and get it done. What a character, resilient bunch. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, we knew we knew the circumstances. It's a bye week, and playing in Stepson, which is an insane crowd base and just a hostile environment. And we, we knew what we were coming into, but we also knew what type of characters we have in this locker room. Obviously, we fought back all year. We had that stumble week one against Calgary, and then we just kind of got on a roll. And then Hardy Cup, we play Manitoba. They come out 16 nothing early in the first quarter. No one panics. Everyone just kind of gets back to work. We know what we're about. We just have a bunch of savvy veterans that have been been around the CIS for a while now. So it's just it's, it's a really good group of guys, and just really excited. So uh, I think, what is it now? This is an eight-game win streak. So in order to win the Vanier Cup, you got to win your ninth, man. And you're doing it against a Western team that a couple of years ago, ro- uh, three years ago, I guess, rolled you guys pretty good. Now, you weren't in a playing role there. So this will be interesting. And, and just sum up what this means to you, Mason Nias, who, you know, I've known you since grade 10. I've been, I'm not your agent, but I've been pumping your tires. You've been overlooked for, you've been overlooked for All-Star Awards. You've been overlooked for MVPs. Uh, you, you had to wait your turn to be the quarterback but what does this mean for you don't talk about your teammates don't talk about your lineman you always do that as a good quarterback should what does this mean to you to play in a vanier cup man oh it it means the world obviously you play football to play in big games and uh just the, the idea of playing a national championship and having the opportunity to bring a national championship back to the community back to the university something we haven't been able to do since 98 is just it's just really a dream come true, and obviously starting starting back home in Regina, playing Regina minor football, going through Riffle, uh, not really having a chance. Obviously, we had good teams, great guys, just never really came out and won a provincial championship with uh, Riffle or did anything like that or won a national championship with the Huskies so far in my career. So just having the opportunity to do that with my teammates, it's, just, it's really fantastic. I'm just really excited for the opportunity. Well, brother, congratulations, man. Uh, my son and I were texting back and forth. We said, that guy is cool <laughs> and calm. We love that dude. Good luck. Enjoy the week. Uh, soak it all in, and uh, hopefully I can interview you in a week's time as a Vanier Cup champ. Awesome. I appreciate it, Ballsy. Thanks for having me.
As you know, I just love that Nias kid. He's cool and calm and definitely a leader of that Huskies football team. Time to recognize another title sponsor. Thanks to Kevin Welsh of Hammer Time Roofing in Saskatoon for getting on board with my podcast. Kevin's a great guy, great community leader, and a great supporter of football in this province, as I've said many times before. He's the kind of fan the CFL was in danger of losing with that vaccine mandate. I hope things can simmer down for next season so a guy like Kevin can return to Mosaic Stadium. Anyway, Hammer Time Roofing is Saskatoon's only certified roofing business. They specialize in GAF, CertainTeed, and Malarkey roofing products, and they offer a true manufacturer's warranty. Give Hammer Time a call at 262-ROOF. Our second quarter sponsor is Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina. Get in the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ by calling 306-502-5355. Waldo, also a member of that U.S. Huskies coaching staff that used to be the university he went to before going on to win three Grey Cups, two with the Owls, one with the Riders. And the Final Four is set in the CFL. The Riders are in Winnipeg and Hamilton visits Toronto. The winners meet December 12th in the Grey Cup at Tim Hortons Field. The Tabbies and Riders are both one win away from repeating the 2013 Grey Cup. And former Rider great Andy Fantus played in that game with the enemy that day. He talks about that and has some great advice for young receivers. Twos, how are you today, my friend? Hey, Ballsy, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good, man. It's awesome to talk to you. Let's rewind to when you were back here in October. Just your thoughts on uh, that whole weekend, and uh, I know we kind of touched on it briefly in the pregame show, but now that you've had a chance to let it soak in, how much did that mean to you? Honestly, it was was such an honor to be there and and be part of that whole, uh, like the Plaza of Honor Awards show, and, and just getting to see, you know, all those all those faces that I, I recognize from the past and uh, and people that I was able to share my experiences as a rider with um, and, and get to touch base with them again and sort of just reminisce about all those all those great years. Uh, it was incredible for my wife and I to come out there and, and, and just enjoy it and soak it all in and, and get to see the new stadium and, and, and the game. And uh, we really, really enjoyed that trip. It was uh it was really special for us. So uh, did you ever dream an Ontario kid would be an honorary Saskatchewanian for the rest of his life? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, no. It's, uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it, to be, you know, forever etched in the, you know, the Rough Rider history book uh, as, as a Plaza member is, you know, it's like it's one thing to, to understand or hear about the culture of Rider Nation, but to be a part of it and to go through it is until you're in it, you don't really get what it is all about. And when you're, when you're in it and involved in it, and then you go around the country, around the world and, and experience it firsthand. Um, it's, it's like nothing I ever could imagine before my time in Saskatchewan. So what was it like? I always wanted to ask you this and I, and I haven't to this point, what was it like standing on the other sidelines in the 2013 Grey Cup. You helped us win a championship in 2007. Very instrumental. In fact, you were here in 2013 against the Riders in one of the biggest, if not the biggest night in franchise history. You were just an enemy. What was that like? Uh, You know, I had torn emotions, of course. Um, And when I was there for that week, it was, you know, I was there for a business trip. So I was trying to just stay focused on on what we're trying to do as a as a Tiger Cat to to win that game and uh and, but it was it was great to see the Grey Cup festival in Regina and to see 
all the fans get a chance. Like it's been had been so long since it had been in Regina, so um, to, to see all the fans get a get an opportunity to uh, to come to Regina, and then the ones that were already in Saskatchewan to like experience the Great Cup Festival. Um, it, it, it was incredible. Like it was, it, it was a really cold week, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, you know, I think people made the most of it. I had a bunch of family and friends come out there, and, and they just had a blast the whole week long. And uh, you know, the game didn't go as we hoped, but uh, you know, I was still, I was still happy and proud of my my ex teammates and and the Saskatchewan organization for for getting it done on home turf and uh, and really capping off, you know, a great era there. I think if I remember correctly, you're the last Canadian star receiver to lead the league in receiving. Uh, and, and so, you know, how, how do you feel when you watch a Riders team with a Lenius and a Picton and, and a Schaefer Baker who comes from Guelph and, and they're actually getting a meaningful playing time, not just stuck at the Z receiver spot. They're actually in the slot making plays. McKinnis, another guy. How does that make you feel as a kind of a trailblazer at that Canadian position? Because I feel since you were drafted high, everybody's been looking for the next Andy Fantus. <laughs> well, the, yeah, I mean, the Riders have been blessed with Canadian receivers for, for years now. and uh, But uh, I remember the first game of the season. I was watching on TV and thinking, and I was hearing the announcers talking about, "Oh, is this the next Canadian Air Force?" And so I kept a close an eye, eye on those guys all year long, and uh, and they certainly have a lot of potential, and and they've been delivering for you know for Cody and the rest of the team. So uh, we'll see how how they can handle in the playoffs. It's going to be a tough matchup here, uh, and then if it, you know if all goes to plan, going into Winnipeg, but. Um, those guys, yeah, they, they're 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 future stars, and uh, you know, there's a few in the East Division as well that I'm I've got a close eye on. That I, I you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm always eager to see who's going to be the next big uh, big national star. Mm-hmm. So, Andy, what do you appreciate about the broadcasting business that maybe you didn't as an athlete before? I'd like to get your thoughts on that. <laughs> well. I appreciate that I am still involved in the game, but I don't have to take as many hits <laughs> uh, and, and uh, recover the body. But no, I, you know what? It's it's uh, it's a lot of fun to be part of the whole game day production and and still be able to chat football and uh, and give my my cent, my two two cents on on things. Um, you know, sometimes I find it challenging to interview the players and the coaches. Uh, you know, trying to balance being a peer and being a reporter i guess mm-hmm. uh but it's uh yeah like i think uh, it's like anything and just like in football the more reps i get the more comfortable i feel and i feel like the the better my delivery is uh you know so i'm I'm continuing to grow as a as a on this side of the fence mm-hmm. hey talk about that attribute of spacing because we hear that about Braden lenius here in regina with the rough riders he's he uh he's got great spatial awareness talk about that attribute as a receiver because you you had that too yeah it's one of those those hard hard characteristics or attributes to put you know put a number to or put a statistic to but it's really important in the in the cfl game especially with so much space is just understanding how you know where you are in the field and how long the ball is going to take to get to you based on what the drop back is. So, like if it's a three-step drop or five-step drop or, or, or seven-step or rollout or whatever the you know the play call is, understanding okay, well if I'm running a certain route, when is this? 
what's my timing for this ball to get to me? And you don't, you don't want to get open too fast or, or obviously too late. Uh, so you want to be right place, right time. And it's also uh, a, a sense of sort of seeing the field and understanding how defenses move and the contours and the holes and different types of defense on the fly. So it normally takes a lot of practice and experience to really get a handle on it. But um, like Brendan Lenius, he's, he's picked it up very quickly. And, uh, and, and that's something that's, that's hard to do. Um, so, you know, that's what really separates the good from great receivers. Always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Welcome to uh, the other side, the media side. We're happy to have you, and we'll uh, we'll chat soon, my friend. All right, thanks, Ballsy. Have a good one. Well, earlier this week, Chad and I were talking about the maple syrup shortage here in Canada. Yes, in the States, they've got a gas supply shortage, so they've dipped into their reserves. We're doing the same thing here in Canada. Don't you worry. In Canada, we got it covered here. We'll be okay. A maple syrup shortage, hey? Oh, no, but don't soil your gitch. Us Canadians can stick it through. Just put an extra bottle in your knapsack or... Hide it in your Chesterfield, eh? Maybe stuff one under the seat of your canoe, eh? And if you're going out and about, you know, you're in the peg or you're up there in the six, eh? Slip on your runners and maybe stop by Timmy's for a double-double. Who knows, you might even get lucky and stumble on a 2-4, eh? You know, just laying in the street, eh? And if you have to be a keener, so be it, eh? Hey, you just may even have to spend an extra loony or a toonie, even if you're collecting the pokey, eh? And don't forget to wear your toque, because it's always snowing out there, you hosers, even in the summer. All right, that's it. Good luck, eh? Happy freaking maple syrup hunting. Time to kick off our second half of Growing the Game with Ballsy. Our third quarter sponsor is Double Z Ag Sales in Weyburn. For grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance, give my buddy Corey Zadorozniak a call, 306-842-2506. I have not met a bigger Ryder fan, bigger CFL fan than that dude right there. He puts his money where his mouth is. Got tickets right behind the Ryder's bench. With the Vanier Cup being awarded this weekend and the CFL down to its final four, it's a great time to catch up with the president of Football Canada and a friend of this podcast, Jim Mullen. It's time to head out and talk with the president of Football Canada. Jim Mullen joins us. I want to start here because you were uh, the esteemed voice of Canada West for a while. You're also with Crown Countdown U on TSN, in addition to being the president of Football Canada. Can you help me out with this? How, how does Montreal get a week off before the semifinal and the Huskies don't like that doesn't make any sense. Well, we talked a lot about it on crown gridiron nation on TSN, uh, two weeks ago and even this week. And I, I did have a discussion with some U sports folks. And during the planning sessions, it was revealed to me that it just didn't even occur to them at the time. Oh. And in retrospect, it would have been good to do something. The simple answer to it especially at a time of COVID, is that if Quebec wanted to finish their eight-game season, go right ahead, 
have a week off between the end of week eight or week 10 or however it plays out, just in case you need a, a week to make up for a COVID game and then play your championship. And then there is no competitive advantage or disadvantage at the end of the day. We are not splitting the atom here. <laughs> However, you know what? Looking at the last three quarters that the Saskatchewan Huskies uh, put in against the Manitoba Bisons after the Bisons took that 16 nothing lead, uh, it's something that we discussed on the show again this week, is that it might have actually created a whole lot of good momentum for the Huskies. Maybe not a lot of rest, uh, but maybe momentum and maybe they are going through their same process that has created success for them against Calgary in the final week and then against uh, um, Alberta and then Manitoba. You know, uh, if you've got something that works, don't interrupt. I want to be a positive guy, always trying to be positive, but on many nights in the CFL, it seemed like they were running a dress like a seat night promotion, and it was a good turnout. And then, you know, you look at Saskatoon, usually the Huskies have a huge crowd, you know, Hardy Cup, chance to go on the on the road to the Banyan Cup. They may be at 2,000 there. I know weather played a factor. Uh, just what is the health of football in Canada through your eyes? I, I was particularly disappointed with the Hardy Cup. Uh, quite frankly, uh, minus four and gusty winds on a sunny day uh, never scared people away from Griffith Stadium in the past. And, you know, one of the profiles that I got out of uh, the Yates Cup that was played in Kingston was they had an OK uh, base there of about 5,300, 5,500 fans uh, that were all townies and alumni, no students. Uh, so that there's there's a major disengagement uh, with the sport right now in this country uh, with young people on the spectator level. I won't say that's on the participant level. It's on the spectator level. Um, that is something that, that all the heads have to uh, get together and get around the table and find a path to address, whether it's uh, the Canadian football league, whether it's U sports, whether it's us at football Canada, even if it's junior football, which uh, relies on attendance to some degree. Um, It's something that we all have to put our heads together on and figure out. In terms of participation, Mm -hmm. uh, numbers are certainly down when it comes to uh, tackle football, especially through COVID. But numbers are coming way up for flag football. And that doesn't mean that flag football is replacing tackle football. What it means is, we have more players in the system and then they can develop on the long-term athlete development uh, that, uh, that we have constructed in football Canada that all the, uh, that all the provinces run. So, you know, just in uh, Manitoba this year, the numbers for flag have surpassed the numbers for tackle. And those are with young kids. We have to make the investment in that generation to start turning this thing around. Well, we've talked about this before. This drives me nuts. The CFL was all over the flag football league in the fall here in Regina a few years ago, and then all of a sudden just gave it up. The NFL snapped it up because it's been so successful here in Regina, especially in the spring. So why would the CFL want people 
to run around pretending they're a Detroit Lion instead of a BC Lion. You know what I mean? Like, we got to engage them early. You know, that's part of the allure of the flag football. You play flag football, you learn the game without real serious physical contact, you get a jersey to keep. Why not keep a BC Lion, Blue Bomber, Ryder, Tiger Cat jersey? Well, that's what they're doing in Winnipeg right now. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Football Manitoba work together. And there's blue and gold all over flag football at a, at a younger age right now. Um, you know, NFL flag has put together uh, a very successful uh, turnkey program. And it's not run out of the NFL office. It's a separate company with mm-hmm. that branding. And they, and they run the thing for a profit. I think it is incumbent on the CFL to find ways to, to work with a Football Canada and its provincial partners uh, to amplify what we already do with flag football across the country. And there are those opportunities for the Canadian Football League, I believe, to, to find a way to bring their branding to young kids. Because young kids are like sponges when it comes to stuff. Re- remember, I mean, it was a long time ago for you and a long time ago for me when we were kids, right? Mm-hmm. But, 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 but think about, you know, you know, sports when you were – under the age of 12 and how much influence it had on you and and how it may have shaped your outlook on things and how that turned you into a fan. How about this in the future? And maybe not so far in the future. What about at the university level? Maybe some tackle teams, because of costs and everything like that, are replaced by flag football teams, and we have a flag football university league. They're looking at it as an Olympic sport, so it's going to have worldwide appeal. I'm just saying, it, you know, it's 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 cheaper, uh, less, of a, less of a roster, less scholarships. I don't know, just something I thought about. Well, why do we have to make that choice, though? It's like telling football fan out there, you have to make a choice yeah. between the CFL or the NFL. I like both. One of the things that we've done at Football Canada and that I've worked on now for oh, about the last year is creating a Canadian Collegiate Flag Football Championship, which will be played at the same time as the East-West Bowl in May in Ottawa. It's a startup project. I'm not sure if every province will have a team in it uh, or every university will participate. But my goal here with this is that flag becomes a varsity sport in this country. And it's already started up on the women's side in Quebec, actually. But it, it, it becomes a varsity sport with a national championship in this country for both men and women. My preference is that it's played in the spring. I think by having it in the spring, it actually creates more... Um, Uh, athlete funding opportunities and scholarship opportunities for student athletes who may then go back into the tackle game and play on the tackle side and create more resources for university football. So in some ways it could create more uh, resources for for, uh, junior football as well with with a young athlete who say playing on the Regina Thunder in the fall and then at the University of Regina playing on that flag team. This is a way to create more resources for the game. And as for LA 2028, it isn't confirmed yet. There's a lot of influence pushing in the direction of getting flag football in the Olympics, at least for those games. One of our outstanding guests on today's show right there, Jim Mullen, Football Canada. We're glad he's in charge of uh, this sport, at least at a you know at the grassroots level. Thanks for this, Jim. That's, a, that's an awesome chatter. I appreciate it. Anytime, man. <laughs> 
Well, the world may be a more stressful place in 2021 than it was, say, in 2011. But not everything is bad news. More people are having sex than they were 10 years ago. In a new poll on sexual relations, only 19% of people said they're not having sex, which is down from 23% in 2011. And 5% of people say they're doing it every night, which is up from 3% in 2011. Speaking of frequency, 12% of people said they get it on three to four times a week versus 16% in 2011. Here are some signs that you need more sex. You can count your sex partners on one hand, and that hand is missing five fingers. The only time your bed squeaks is when a mouse is under it. The last person to say, same, when you described your love life was your minister. The closest you've been to a three-way is that bulb in your desk lamp. And the top sign you need more sex the federal government just sent you a stimulus check made out to your pecker. And just before we get to our fourth quarter stretch, let's recognize our third title sponsor, Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert. Thanks to Ben Garrow for getting on board and supporting football in the province. I love that guy. Always has some great insights into the world of football, both at the amateur level and uh, at the professional level. And he puts his money where his mouth is. Advantage Collision, Saskatoon and PA, your SGI Elite accredited auto body repair shop, locally owned and a certified collision care OEM approved shop. They provide comprehensive service as part of a worldwide network of best in-class collision repair shops. They manage the entire process on your behalf to ensure everything you need is taken care of. The high performing, technically advanced team of experts knows how to deliver exceptional workmanship and service in the shortest time possible. Call Advantage Collision because they care about your safety. And our fourth quarter sponsor, another great business, Driven Automotive. They've offered superior auto repair services in Regina since 2006, and their customers' total satisfaction is what they deliver. Check them out in North Regina on Broad Street. Now let's go back to Quebec and catch up with the Husky hero from the UTEC Bowl, running back Adam Mackert. Talk about that last drive, man. I just talked to your quarterback earlier in this podcast and he was talking about how he had to yell in the huddle. He was doing it not only because he wanted you to hear him, but also just to kind of get you guys pumped up. That was a that was a drive of a lifetime. What was that like, Adam? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, just the fans there are so loud. Like you said, Mason had to yell a place to us. We we were all super tight in that huddle trying to hear what he was saying. Everybody was kind of checking plays uh, after we broke just to make sure everyone got the message. And, um, you know, uh, <laughs> you, you can barely – you got to do silent count, makes it, which makes it tough. And it was just a roller coaster. And then, you know, we just tried to stick together and we got the ball moving. Um, it was really – Uh, really exciting. I don't think we ever lost faith. You know, we just kept moving the ball and then uh, we get down to the red zone and capitalize. Yeah. So I was going to ask you that, be honest with me, because everybody says that, uh, you know, we didn't lose faith, but at any point there, did you think, ah, it's, it's an ugly game, but it's just not going to be our day. No, I honestly didn't. Like I, I I just knew that um, our offense was a matter of time before we found space and and got in the end zone. I I truly believe that we'd get in. I just, uh, I wasn't looking at the clock, you know, like I was aware of the time, but I was just like, it doesn't matter. Like, we'll, we'll find it. It was a pretty gutsy call at the end there with time running short. You guys are in in deep in their territory and they hand the football off. Do you just take me through that play? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. You know, they <laughs> at that point in the game, you know, so much adrenaline going. You just hear, you know, that that plays. You know, that play goes. Play. Excuse me. Play goes to me. It's like, all right, uh, here we go. But um, <clears throat> we had a great push off the start from the O line, and um, you know, I was aware of the time, so I was just, I kind of had it in my head. You know, just you get too much resistance, make sure you go down. So there's time left if we need to kick or, or do something like that. Um, you know, just, just definitely just being aware. And then uh, I got through that first kind of wave and, and didn't really uh, have any resistance. Well, I looked to my left and I had guys uh, blocking a really good. And um, so I just hit it and, uh, <laughs> you know, we got lucky. I think they over-pursued the play a little bit and uh, found, a, found a lane into the end zone. So what's that like, man? Crossing the goal line, uh, knowing you're going to go to a Vanier Cup because there's, you know, basically it would take a miracle for Montreal to win. What was that like? Because, like you said, it was the best thing about being on the road when you win in a place like that is it's loud and you can't hear yourself think, and then all of a sudden it turns into a morgue because of you. What, what did that feel like? It was incredible. I mean, they they were just relentless all game. They screaming. Uh, they were playing the siren over the speakers. They were, they had these noisemakers. It was just like, it was literally insane. And then, yeah, you pop, yeah, we got in, all of a sudden it went quiet. And kind of first instinct is to like, look around. Like I was in shock a little bit. I looked around. I was like, do I see flags on the ground anywhere? And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, with no, without no flags, so I was like, okay, I think we're good here. Like, yeah, I think we did it. And then, um, you know, you kind of jog back to, to the sideline and, and then the, the the excitement starts coming, and you see your your teammates on the sideline that are freaking out. And I'm like, yeah, we did this. This is crazy. Yeah. And then that's when it really started to sink in. You guys have been hanging around on the road now for two weeks. That's kind of nice, eh? Just besides the fact you're playing, you get to be tight and 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 build the further build those friendships and memories. Yeah, absolutely. It's super fun. You know, we're like we're all friends on this team. There's no uh, there's no odd man out, so it's really good that way. And then. Um, you know, they're a really good team, obviously. Uh, you got the two best teams in the country, as far as I'm concerned, playing on Saturday. Um, so, you know, we're we're watching a lot of them, trying to learn as much as we can. Um, they're going to be a really good football team. It's going to be physical. It's going to be fast. Um, two great run games, I think, going against each other. I think that's going to be uh, super exciting for fans to, to tune into. And, um, you know, but we're confident. We feel really good. Um, I think we feel like we got through a lot on Saturday and proved a lot to the country and ourselves about what kind of team we are and what kind of like resiliency we have. Um, and I think we're going to bring that same kind of attitude and that same kind of confidence into uh, this Saturday, which I think is going to be really tough to play for if you're Western. That's a good point. I think you guys got over those nerves. Maybe there were some nerves on the national stage. Do you, do you believe that? Um, I don't know about nerves. I, may, maybe like, I'm, I'm, I mean, maybe, but um, I think it's just, you know, you're playing in a crazy environment. And I think it's maybe not as much nerves as there is, like, um, there's just distractions, right? Like, mm-hmm. you've got the, the crowd noise. You've got, like, our sideline was, like, four yards wide. We just didn't have space on the sideline. Both benches are on the same side, you know. Um, we had to climb four flights of stairs to get up to the field from our locker room. We didn't have bathrooms on the floor our locker room was on. Like, there's just distractions. And um, I think that uh, it kind of proved to us that we can get through anything. And that nothing's going to be probably as, as crazy of an env- environment as that was. I'm going to put you on the spot, Adam Mackert. If you had to sum up this Huskies team in one word, could you come up with one word? I have one in my mind. What would yours be? Man, I'll probably go relentless. 
That's good. I had another one. I had resilient, another yeah. R word, because you guys, I mean, look at this. Montreal had a week off to prepare for a semifinal. You guys didn't. You had to travel. They got to stay home. You're on the road still. And you just talked about the stuff you faced in-game, including the washroom situation and four flights of stairs just to get to the damn field. Um, you know, it, this is a, if you guys win it, you deserve it for sure. Well, I appreciate that. I think... You know, we think we uh, we are in a good spot to do so, and uh, we can't wait to go and uh, compete for it on Saturday. Tell you what, this is going to be a real slobber knocker of a game because you guys uh, both have the same type of uh, setup. You like to run the football first. You have great offensive lines. And, and I know it's pretty simple to say, but games are won and lost in the trenches, offensive and defensive lines. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. This one could be a real slobber knocker, as they say. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of run game, I think, and uh, that's just December football, and uh, we're ready for it. I think they will be too, but uh, you know we're confident that we'll uh, we'll prevail. So, what's more important to you? Because uh, you still haven't been revealed on the on the top fifty Can West show I did on YouTube, man. You still haven't been revealed. What's more important, a high ranking or a, a Vanier Cup trophy? Come on, Adam. Come on, Adam. What's more important? Oh, that Vanier Cup. Oh, Let's go. Come Not on. even a question. That hurts me. That hurts me. I put a lot of work into that show, man. But yeah, you're uh, you're, <laughs> you're in the running for the top overall player. We'll see how it shakes down. Have you guys been following that show? Because this league. Not just in Can West, but right across Canada, university football deserves some love for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, we love what you do. Um, we think we do. You do a ton for for our program, our sport, uh, and our league. Um, no, we've been following it for sure. We got luckily enough to have some guys on the on the list, so. We've been uh, cheering those guys on and uh, and supporting and supporting that way. There'll be more guys uh, to come, and uh, hopefully, I'm cheering you guys on for a Vanier Cup championship this Saturday. Thanks for this, Adam. Best of luck and uh, hell of a season so far, my friend. Appreciate that. Thanks, Bobby.